Chuck, you uh, mentioned as we uh, closed off our discussion of the Lord's Supper that the Lord's Supper does lead us, uh, as uh, do baptism and confession and absolution, into the, the daily practice of uh, the Christian life. And we can begin our talking about the practice of the Christian life with Luther uh, by looking at the uh, section which talks about how the head of the house is to teach the members of the household to say morning and evening and then mealtime uh, blessings. I guess what, what we're doing there is looking first of all at the vertical relationship of our daily lives, our relationship with God, to see how that actually takes concrete form in daily life. So we begin our movement out of the church, where we receive the sacraments, into uh, daily life, and in particular Luther first addresses the daily habit or discipline of prayer. Now there are a couple, I think, fascinating features about this section. Uh, first of all, we need to recognize that Luther himself grew up uh, with a daily discipline of prayer, particularly in a monastery. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the monastery, the, their prayer life was organized around the uh, seven hours of the day, um, or the day was divided up into seven portions that correspond to um, things that we are perhaps most familiar with, things like uh, matins and vespers. Um, but the day was divided up into these seven segments or opportunities uh, for prayer. Uh, when the bell rang in the uh, church uh, to signal these hours, the average lay person could perhaps make the sign of the cross and uh, utter the Lord's Prayer, something like that. But by and large, um, I don't know how much the average person was shaped by the monastic hours, if you will. So as Luther takes this into the home, he tries to organize or arrange our daily life of prayer according to the rhythms of daily life. We have to get up in the morning, we have to eat, we have to go to bed. So these provide him with more uh, natural opportunities to develop a rhythm of daily prayer. And so he provides in the catechism uh, morning and evening prayers as well as uh, dinner prayers. Now, what does he do with these um, uh, prayers or, or what do they look like? Well, at least for the morning and evening prayer, uh, each one of them opens by uh, having the Christian make the sign of the cross and uh, saying the triune name. Now, the thing that I find very intriguing here is Luther seems to move beyond simply saying in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and actually um, we might render it more like you make the sign of the cross and say, under the care of the Father, Son, and Holy mm -hmm. Spirit. This very nicely captures what happened in baptism. Uh, as we were transferred from Satan's kingdom to Christ's kingdom, we are now under God's care. Um, he's our Father. Uh, so we begin by recognizing and confessing uh, that point. These prayers probably come to us from the uh, Middle Ages. Uh, most scholars don't think that they are entirely original to Luther. Uh, but they do accent uh, a number of Luther's uh, themes. Uh, beginning with the morning prayer, uh, we give thanks to God for having preserved us through the night. Um, and we ask that he provide and protect us during the coming day, particularly from falling to sin, 
coming under the uh, power of Satan. Uh, after we pray that, then Luther recommends we go to work singing him on the Ten Commandments or something like that. Um, or, or reciting the Creed and uh, singing him on the Ten Commandments. In the evening prayer, he, uh, we ask for forgiveness for our sins and again commend ourselves, our body and soul and all things into God's hands. Uh, what I find delightful here, however, is the advice that Luther then provides. And the advice he says is, now lay your head down on your pillow and quickly go to sleep. There's a sense here. Don't lay there tossing and turning, worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow. You've just placed everything in God's hands. Now let him take care of it and go to sleep. Uh, but in all of these prayers, when Luther recommends that we um, recite the Creed and uh, the Ten Commandments or something like that, um, it's a way of uh, meditating on the Word. Most people in Luther's day were uh, illiterate, perhaps 80 to 90%. They could not read the Scriptures, but they had these memorized portions of Scripture, summarized uh, sections of Scripture that they could uh, re reflect upon and meditate upon. In our day and age, we would certainly include uh, the reading of Scripture uh, as well as part of our daily discipline. So we have um, awakened in the morning and go to our work uh, with joy in our hearts. And uh, in the evenings, we go to sleep quickly and cheerfully. And at mealtime, Luther says, we give thanks to the Lord. And in this way, we've dealt with, you might say, the vertical side of our relationship, our relationship with God, and how that's lived out um, in daily life as we move out from the church into the world. But Luther doesn't stop there. He also moves on to talk about our horizontal relationship. Well, the, the horizontal relationship is dealt with in, in this last section of uh, Luther's small catechism. Uh, in the New Translation, under the title, The Household Chart of Some Bible Passages. That's a kind of literal translation of what we used to call the Table of Duties. I've never really liked Table of Duties because too often, I think, at least since the Enlightenment, we think of a duty, uh, as Immanuel Kant, the German philosopher, thought of, of duties as, as something that wells up from within us. And the whole point of Luther's understanding of our, our Christian lives is that God is calling us. The call comes from outside. God is the one who shaped our lives. God is the one who directs us. And so uh, this uh, chart, this uh, laying out of Bible passages that have to do with our daily life, um, reflect his understanding that God is calling when he gives um, the assignments uh, normal assignments of our lives and sometimes some special assignments. And then Luther says they are for all kinds of holy orders. That's a particularly uh, interesting phrase because it's the word that was used for monastic orders. The holy orders were not the orders of, of common ordinary uh, daily life, but they were the special ways in which people left behind the mundane, the ordinary, and, and serve God in special ways. And so Luther is saying here that the true holy order, the truly God-pleasing uh, walk of life, uh, is the walk of life that uh, happens in the midst of the structures of creation as, as God fashioned them. 
I think in most societies, there's a distinction uh, between what, what modern anthropologists might call the sacred and the profane. The sacred equates religious activities with what is truly God. And profane activities, those that happen in the course of just normal everyday life, those are not necessarily ungodly. They weren't in the Christian Middle Ages ungodly. They just were less godly. They weren't quite as God-pleasing. They weren't the shortcuts to pleasing uh, God that, uh, for instance, the, the uh, calling of a monk, the calling of a priest might be, or the calling of a, a, of a layperson uh, to take a pilgrimage, to desert the village for a year and go off to a Compostello in Spain to venerate the bones of St. James. All those were special. They were religious things. And, and, and so they were thought to be the height of godliness. And Luther said no. He turned the whole scheme on, on top of it, uh, on its head. And uh, quoting Romans 14, uh, 23, uh, everything that is not done in faith is sin, Luther could say everything that is done by those who are faithful to Jesus Christ, that is God-pleasing, that is the proper way of executing the Christian life. And so he said, too many of our sacred, our religious activities, uh, aren't God's commands at all. They are the commands of men. Uh, secondly, he said uh, that these things too often carry us out of what God wants us to be doing in our daily lives, what we'll talk about in a few moments as our, our callings within our daily lives. Um, and thirdly, too often these activities are not trying to serve God by serving God. They are trying to serve ourselves ultimately uh, so that God will uh, like us and so that God will give us salvation. So for those three uh, reasons, Luther cast aside the idea that there were holier orders. There were the callings of monk and the calling of the priest uh, that set them closer to God and above the rest of us. Instead, Luther said, God calls all his people to serve him uh, really in the common, ordinary walks of life. So, Bob, when Luther used this uh, notion or this idea of a household chart of Bible passages, it is very helpful to realize, as you just indicated, that he's turning on its head how ordinary life was conceived. This is actually the best form of life in which we can live. Um, as you begin looking ahead, though, this notion of a, a table is not necessarily unique to Luther himself. You could even argue it has precedent in the New Testament. Yes, and as a matter of fact, it's called a household chart of some Bible passages because Luther did construct his, his um, we might say, samples of God's will for daily life. Uh, by choosing Bible passages, uh, the whole household chart is simply uh, filled with, with Bible passages organized around Luther's conception of how God had framed uh, human life, um, which was really based on medieval social theory, nothing special, nothing original there. And actually, the idea of a household chart uh, in which you organized uh, ethical material from the Bible had precedence in the late Middle Ages, too. Yeah. yeah, it seems to me that it reflects a little bit what Paul himself does on occasion at the end of his epistles, where he addresses 
different people, uh, different people in their walks of life in terms of how they should act and behave as well. Yes, I think that's right, and that's reflected too in. in um, I haven't really done that kind of a survey, but I think that almost all uh, the um, the Bible passages do come from Paul, with the exception of uh, the one command for wives from First Peter. Uh, but the rest, I believe, oh no, the, for young people in general is also from uh, Peter's first epistle. But uh, Luther is simply incorporating this material that uh, in the writings of Paul and, and Peter uh, follow on the more doctrinally oriented um, sections to show how the Christian life is actually carried out. And so we will take a closer look at the particular Bible passages and exhortations of how Christians should live within their various walks of life, according to Luther's household chart of responsibilities in our next segment.